Hey, it's Lisa Ann here. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the More Than Social podcast. I'm a digital marketing expert, self-development junkie, and your go-to for all things marketing, ads, and automation. I'm so excited that you popped by to hang out with me today, so let's dive right into the topic. Hey there, friend. Welcome back to another episode on the More Than Social podcast. To kick off today's episode, let me tell you a story about a friend of mine. Let's call her Stacy just for the sake of this episode. Stacy is an incredible life coach. She has a book. She does speaking events. She hosts retreats. She's one of those people who you meet and really just click with right off the bat. Her energy is vibrant and she also has this extremely calming aspect to her. If you saw her Instagram account online, you would be amazed at what she actually does. She gets a lot of views on her content. Her engagement on her social media is pretty high and her audience seems to love her just as much as I do. From the front end, you can tell she really has everything figured out and is crushing it with only being in business for three years now. I didn't realize the back ends until she hired me though. I remember when she first reached out asking me for help to scale her business. She wasn't interested in doing my online course, The Spotlight Theory, because she already knows a lot about email marketing, about sales funnels, about running ads, but she wasn't happy with the results that she was getting based on what she set up for herself. I was honestly super pumped to work with her. When you get to work with an entrepreneur who actually knows their stuff, isn't just starting from scratch and is ready to scale, it's a completely different situation than working with someone who's been in business for a few years and is just coming online. My brain, it just really started to turn it. I got so many ideas. I had so many different thoughts running through my mind on how we could actually scale her business. I had that, you know, that stupid grin on my face while we were talking about her business. You know, that grin that you get all super excited when you're coming up with the most clever ideas that you can implement. Yes, I get that grin when I talk about big marketing strategies. Don't make fun of me, but seriously, I love this stuff. I love scaling businesses. But anyways, long story short, I was pumped to get started and scale her business with her. Now, with any new project, I never just jump in and hit the ground running, trusting that people have things set up in the most effective way for me to be able to scale. No matter how good they tell me their funnels are, their emails are, etc. I have to look at that. So even with Stacy, before I started implementing my plan that I had envisioned, I dove deep into her already existing strategy, the one that on the front end on her social media seems amazing. But like I said, Stacy has a lot going on. She has a lot of different assets, a few key solid offers and a great community. But when I started diving into her strategy, looking at her funnels, looking at her emails, looking at her backend conversions, I knew I couldn't implement my game plan just yet. I had to put a hold on things. We still had a lot of the baseline aspects that we had to tweak and perfect before we could ever scale to where she wants to be. That's the key with scaling, by the way. You want to make sure that you have a solid foundation set up first. And then once you have that, you really can just scale to the moon. Stacy, she did have a good start and did have that baseline that we can work with, but it wasn't near the results that I wanted to see. And honestly, it actually really surprised me. 
I just assumed based on how successful and how put together on the front end that she seemed that the back end would be the exact same. So what we ended up doing was reviewing the full strategy, creating a tracking document where we wrote down all her current stats with funnel views, opt-in percentages, email open rates, click rates, book calls, and sales. That way, when we know that we made a tweak, we would be able to tell exactly if that was getting better results or not. Whenever I break down a full campaign like this, I always start tweaking the front end first, and then I start moving through that process. So I got started with her funnel. She was driving a lot of traffic to her funnel and was losing out on a lot of leads and spending a good chunk of money on ads. I gotta give it to her though. Stacy is a life coach. She's not a digital marketing expert or funnel developer. I asked her who helped her build her funnel and she told me this. She did it all by herself, so I was super, super proud of her. She listened to podcasts, she read some blogs, she watched some YouTube videos, you name it. She did a lot of what most people wouldn't even take time to learn. So, like I said, I was super proud of her, so kudos to you, Stacy. But from my experience, she was missing out on a lot of the small pieces that will drastically impact her results, especially on that first page, that opt-in page that she's sending all the traffic to. If you aren't aware of what an opt-in page is, essentially this is where you collect people's contact information to give them something away for free, aka it's the page that people land on to download your free lead magnet. It's the first step within a funnel after you connect with them on social media. So with Stacy's funnel, I'm going to share with you the first four changes that I made that increased her conversions by 40% just right off the bat. Okay, 40% right off the bat, just one simple change in four different spots. The first thing was honestly, the page was super overwhelming. When I first looked at her page, I didn't even know what to do. There was so much information that it pretty much just looked like this massive website. She had a little about me section. She had testimonials from previous clients. She had pictures of all of her programs. She had a very long sales copy. It was just way too much. Like, I mean, way too much stuff. And that's a big mistake a lot of people make when they create an opt-in page. But really, with an opt-in page, it should be the complete opposite especially when it's for something free like a lead magnet. You are not trying to convince people to buy from you. That's what a sales page is. Your opt-in page has one goal and one goal only, to get people to put their information into the boxes and click that button at the bottom that says submit. You don't need to sell anything to have them do that. All you are doing is encouraging them, that's it. All the selling at this point should have been done on your ad or the content that you're putting out on social media organically. Now, once anyone lands on your landing page, they are probably already 70% interested in what you're offering. The next action in this case is to close the deal and to do that, you don't need a long or complicated text. Having those texts on that page really just signals that you are only motivated to make a sale. If you don't know this already, now is the best time for you to learn. People don't like just being a sale. They might tolerate it if they have no other choice or if they really, really need it. But besides that, they don't want to be sold to, okay? They don't want to be sold to at all. They won't accept it. They will actually be turned off if you're trying to sell them and be too pushy. 
And that's exactly what an opt-in page filled with lines and lines and lines of sales copy signals. So how do you actually create an opt-in page that closes the deal? The answer is super, super simple. The first step is to make sure whatever copy that you're putting on the page is short, it's simple. This means no paparazzi, no complicated sentences, no long stories about the origins of your business, no fantastic promises, no testimonials, all of that. It's just simple and compelling copy that passes two main ideas. The first is that opting in and giving you their email address is an excellent idea that they should do right now. And second, it's going to help them solve their problem. If you can do that, that will boost your conversion rates on your opt-in page. And remember, an opt-in page, you're giving away something for free in exchange for their contact information. The key is to keep it short and simple. Tell them what to do, and that's it. That's the whole goal with funnels. You want someone to take a step-by-step action to go through your business. You wanna do one thing at a time. Now, another key point to remember, and something we tweaked with Stacy's funnel, is something called the headline. This is that very first thing that someone sees on the page. The headline is what gives your page actual life. If you don't have a good headline, you'll lose people right off the bat. So when I checked out Stacy's headline, she had something pretty weak and basic on it. I think it was something along the lines of like, Hello, I'm Stacy, which was considerably departed from the actual reason why they're on their page. This kind of headline will not work whatsoever. Your headline, it needs to be precise. It's not hello. There's no funny memes. There's no puns. There's no double meanings. You don't need to grab people's attention at this point either, which is where those funny puns usually come into play. You've already got their attention at this point so that your headline is what they should be doing next. Be as clear and concise as possible with your headline. You can even test making your call to action the headline. So here's what we use for Stacy. So remember, she had, hello, I'm Stacy, I think it was. Instead, we use click the button below to download your free guide on discovering healthy habits in three steps. Works like a charm, simple, to the point and tells them exactly what to do. Another small tweak that we had to make on Stacy's page was making sure that her headline and call to action was actually above the fold. So this one may sound strange, but people are seriously lazy in the online world. They need to see exactly what they're getting themselves into and what their next steps are without having to scroll whatsoever on a website or even on their phone. On Stacy's page, we actually had to scroll a little bit before we were even told how we can get access to her freebie. Again, people don't want to do anything except for click a button. So when designing an opt-in page, make sure that all of the content with your call to action and the headline is above the fold so they can see it right then and there without having to scroll. This is the third thing that I noticed when looking through Stacy's opt-in page on my phone, okay? It was that the text was massive, the photos weren't showing up properly on my phone, and the buttons, they were huge. It simply wasn't optimized for mobile. Or even if it was, it wasn't done correctly. So let me be pretty straightforward with you on this one, okay? 99% of people will land on your opt-in page on their mobile phone, meaning 
that if you are going to design an opt-in page, you have to make sure that it is very compatible with your mobile device. It has to be mobile responsive and there really should be no questions asked about that one. Ask yourself, what are you mostly on? Your phone or your computer? And the last one that we tweaked right away came down to her buttons. There were two things wrong with her button on her opt-in page. First of all, because she's focused so much on this opt-in page and she's kind of written it like a sales page, there was multiple buttons, but they were so hard to find. They weren't in spots that actually made sense or that were clear that I actually had to click them to move forward. Regardless, when you are creating an opt-in page, you should get them to do, again, one thing and one thing at a time. The max amount of buttons that I personally like to see on an opt-in page is two. But most of the time, I have one. And that is showing before the fold, and it's very clear that they need to click on that button to submit their information or go to that next step. The second thing was that she tried to make her page look very, very pretty. And I understand that I love the good aesthetics too, but when it comes to conversion, it comes down to what works versus what is actually pretty. And what works is having a button that is popping out and standing out. Her page was all purple and she was using purple buttons, which actually blended in with all of her photos and all of her content. Instead, we changed it to two colors, bright pink, and then we test another page with bright green. It didn't really look pretty at all, but it increased her conversions. In today's world, people have very, very short attention spans and they need to be told exactly what to do or they won't do it. That's why you have to design your sales process, your opt-in page in a very concise and effective way. And we just started with the opt-in page. We haven't even got to the sales page or the emails just yet. With these initial tweaks, we increased her conversions by 40%, taking her front end converting from 30% to 70% of the people. Today we're at 87, simply by making small and small tweaks at a time. So if you have an option page that isn't converting the majority of people who actually land on your page, make sure you implement these four changes right off the bat. From there, we start to look at different aspects like the ad copy, how you're promoting it in the online world, paid or organic, and honestly, the digital marketing world is all about continuously making tweaks to getting it better and better over time. So if right now you're feeling a little discouraged or unsettled with the results that you were getting, remember with Stacy, we started with that baseline and then we made changes to increase those conversions. Once you increase the conversions on your opt-in page, we will then move into your sales page or your booking page or your emails, depending on where people are actually getting stuck within the process. Now, if you do have any questions or need any reassurance, feel free to reach out to me at any point. If you wanna learn this stuff, check out the Spotlight Theory program. I would love to have you in there. But regardless, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I hope that you learned something new. If so, do me a favor, like this episode and subscribe for more content like this. Oh, and by the way, for anyone who leaves a rating and review, you'll be entered in to win free access to one of my online programs called the Social Media Automation Bootcamp. On the first episode of every month, I will be doing a draw as a big thank you for being an active listener. I hope you have the most incredible day, but I'll see you next week. Bye for now. 
Thank you so much for hanging out with me on this episode. I am so grateful that you show up each and every week. I hope these tips and tricks have brought you some new ideas and new inspiration for your business. If you love this conversation, let me hear it. Leave us a rating and review on the More Than Social podcast and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Share it with someone who you know needs this message and together let's make an impact and let's make a business that we love. I'll see you next week. Thank you.